Hello everybody, it is Staraptor here and welcome to Outer Rim Transmission. This is episode number 67. I'm joined by Ben Maynard, as always, but we have a very special guest on this week's episode to help break down the latest in Star Wars. I have with me the illustrious Ben Hart with no E. You might know him as the Star Wars guy from Star Wars Underworld and Culture Slate. How's it going, Ben? I don't believe I've ever been uh, introduced as illustrious, but thank you for that magnificent <laughs> intro, Chris. Um, yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, a lot of exciting stuff going on. Comic-Con week, even though I'm not there. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch those festivities. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. It's been it's been a long time overdue, I would say that. I will say that. Yes, You've been on my yeah. channel a bunch with uh, the, the Comic-Con that we all love, which is the Star Wars version of Celebration. Uh, so we had a lot of fun over there only a couple months ago. And, you know, maybe in a couple months, uh, eh, who's counting? Maybe eight or nine months from now, we'll also see each other. Maybe at London. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, but, maybe, uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But uh, let, let's introduce everybody who's not familiar with the Star Wars Underworld, Culture Slate, and everything you got going on online. Uh, Twitter, you're a big presence on Twitter. So so just tell everybody uh, what you're up to, where they can find you, and you know what you've been doing lately with Star Wars in general. Yeah, so uh, Star Wars Underworld is we do a weekly Star Wars podcast on, uh, on, on YouTube, here on YouTube. And uh, it's also released as, as an audio form. And, yeah, we talk about the latest news like that. We did one last night. It's Thursdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, normally speaking. And uh, Dominic, who is out in uh, San Diego right now, he had a little uh, great little uh, report for us for what he experienced at Comic-Con. And, yeah, it's a lot, a, lot, a lot of fun. And we break down all the news and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's things. And, and some... Some exciting stuff on the horizon, I think, for the for, for Underworld 2. I think you guys are going to like. Um, and, and with Culture Slate, basically, it's just like everything. We do it all. Um, we do Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars, but a lot of the news and stuff like that. Um, we've got so many different pages and stuff like that. It's crazy. It's my job to keep up with all of that. And it's, a, it's one of the biggest things I've ever done in my life. But it's amazing. And uh, so definitely uh, follow at Culture Slate and follow at the SWU. And you can follow me personally at Ben Hart with no E for if you for some reason wanted to hear more of what's coming on my face right now. I don't know if you do or not. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all. I think that's all the plugs and all the like explanations needed, probably, unless you have any specific questions. <laughs> yeah, what I will say, thanks for being very concise with all that information. Uh, I appreciate it because I want everybody to check out your content, man. You're, you're awesome. And, and like I said before we went live, you're one of the inspirations I had for the channel um, for just letting out my Star Wars enthusiast brain to just, you know, connect with others online. So really yeah. appreciate it with you and everybody else, Dominic and Chris did to start up uh, the Star Wars Underworld as always. Um, so there you go. There you go. And uh, Ben Maynard, how's it going, man? Are you uh, finally free of your, your Anakin Skywalker-esque sunburn that you're going through? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm finally feeling better from that. Back to back to lifting, dieting. You know, back to the back to the normal routine for the most part. So it's been a pretty good week, I would say, for me. And I'm just chilling for the weekend. Um, it's it's nice just having a um, pretty relaxing weekend. Nothing nothing planned. So it's gonna it's gonna be pretty good in that regard. And yeah, I mean, I mean, other than obviously keeping up with all the Comic Con information, I mean, oh, yeah. that's that's there's just so much coming yeah, out of that. So whether much. 
Marvel or the different products or, you know, some of the tidbits from Star Wars or the potential, like, major DC news tomorrow, like, you know, all these different things. Um, it's a great time to be a movie fan, you know, in all of these uh, these fandoms, really. Oh, heck yeah. I, I was talking to you Ben earlier. I was like, uh, can we just talk about Rings of Power for an hour today? Because I <laughs> have so much to say as a Tolkien fan. I'm on board with that. I'm super hyped. And then stuff with the Marvel animated series is coming out today with like Charlie Cox's Daredevil voicing him and the new yep. Spider-Man show coming out like for a couple of years. I was like, whoa, not until 2024. But, yeah, you know, that's 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 long awaited. And um, well, like you said, tomorrow's going to be very very big and um i'm jealous and you know the one year that they actually don't have celebration i've vowed that i will do my best to make it to san diego because i can't really swing two major trips a year so but you better believe i'm gonna try my damnedest to go there because i I see that that southern california charm of these conventions of like i want to be there with the palm trees and the cool breeze the bay Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Comic-Con, um, San Diego Comic-Con, you know, it's one of the biggest, like, most iconic events for fandoms. And, like, you know, so many of the things coming out of this one would have been amazing to be at. Like like we mentioned, obviously the news tomorrow. And then I have a friend who's there. She uh, she was at the Walking Dead panel. And like she said, she was messaging me earlier. And she's like, yeah, it's, like, sad seeing, you know, this being, like, the final panel for, like, the cast for the actual Whoa. show. At, Com- at San Diego Comic-Con, you know, it's crazy after, like, 12 years, like, that show's wrapping. So it's, like, you know, it's it's just a, a wild uh, a wild time uh, to be a fan, you know, with all these different shows and whether they be old ones wrapping or new ones coming out and new movies coming out. Like, it's just a just great time, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah there's so much happening, really. It's just amazing. Yeah, so I'm going to actually turn the air conditioner off because I forgot I left it on because it is like a heat wave here in New Jersey and I'm not sure how much interference I'm going to be getting back on the audio. So um, I will uh, leave it uh, to you, Ben. Did you have any Star Wars? um, Oh, here we go. I'm going to have to make this joke now live because every time I'm on the Star Wars Underworld, there's also another Chris. (laughs) And we have to say before we, we start recording, whenever I'm a guest on there, like, or we'll call you Star Raptor, or we'll call him Sequel, or whatever. And now I just did it to myself, now having two Bens that come full circle. I have a Ben Hart and a, and a Ben Maynard here. So I'll say, Ben Maynard, you can start with your Star Wars of the Week. I will turn off right. the air. <laughs> well, um, yeah, for me, I would say I, I had a pretty pretty, uh, pretty boring Star Wars week in that regard. Nothing, Nothing too exciting happened this week. No new, like, not really any big Star Wars news, leaks, rumors. Nothing is out there. Like, it's been a pretty dead week for the most part for Star Wars. So, like, for me, um, one of the best things I saw this week, though, I think it was on Wednesday, actually. Um, I saw Clone Wars was trending, and I clicked into it, and it was I was so happy to see. Um, there was actually quite a bit of people talking about the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, and which is awesome because, like, that's one of my favorite iterations um, – just in general in Star Wars, I think like his storytelling style and everything, um, you know, he was one, I, I think it just, it works so well with Star Wars, especially the way he crafted that show. And, uh, you know, our listeners here on the podcast are watching it, you know, no, I, I always mention the Clone Wars here and there. Cause that's, like I said, one of my favorite things. So it was just uh, cool seeing so many people 
you know, like I said, it was, it was trending for a bit there. And like people were talking about that iteration of Clone Wars specifically, which was which was really neat. But yeah, that was that was my week in the Star Wars. How about how about you, fellow Ben? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, fellow Ben. Um, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's always it's always something Star Wars happening in my life, seemingly. Um, you know, as as you can see back there, there's a lot of Star Wars surrounding me. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've been very excited about um, what's been happening today. Um, with uh, San Diego Comic-Con and Ooh. all the news that's been coming out. Um, I'm not a big collector or reader, <laughs> but the Hasbro and the Delray and, you know, the the uh, reading panels at uh, San Diego Comic-Con were really cool. Really cool to see and very exciting to see what's coming out of there and you know, a lot of different figures um, that, that should have been out like three years ago or finally coming out, thankfully. Um, and then, uh, you know, a lot of good good interesting books the high republic is heating up again and i'm I'm very far behind a lot of it but i'm very very much looking forward to catching up on that but uh yeah it's it's you know a lot of star wars happening i know marvel's gonna own it next tomorrow um but uh maybe some little bit dc too but uh today it was very star wars focused i was i was appreciating that and it was it was really cool to see all that Oh, yeah, it's really neat seeing all the collectibles, and I'm jealous for the people that are there because they're able to get their hands on that uh, Boba Fett in disguise, a.k.a. the black-armored Boba Fett from the War of the Bounty Hunters uh, comics that I like so much. So it's like, oh, right. man, I, were, I, would, I would love to have that exclusive. Um, but, yeah, just seeing all the uh, – me and Ben are going to – me and Ben Mater are going to break down exactly uh, what happened with the Hasbro, what happened with the books a little bit later on in the episode – but yeah, I mean, a higher public, fantastic. It's been nice having a little break, I'll be honest. But then I'm looking at like the right. little avalanche of of high republic coming out in October. It's gonna be pretty insane. So if you're having trouble, you better catch up now because it's gonna be hard <laughs> to catch up once all the October things start dropping. Um, but brace fantastic. yourselves. Yeah, brace yourselves. Um, as far as for me, um, I've been head down in in some more miniature work for for star wars legion and i have completed some of my favorite uh designs in star wars and uh here we go i have a little black sun vigo so from the clone wars these guys are for the shadow collective the faline um so they're for a force you can have with darth maul with the robot legs with the pike syndicate here's like one of the regular like enforcer dudes Oh um, wow! I love I love the helmets, nice. um, but man oh man is yellow painting yellow, a real pain in the ass. <laughs> and I have a whole other like two squads of these guys specifically, and there's eight seven of them in each squad. So and then I have all the Maul Deloreans to paint. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be busy until basically October at this rate. If I could finish like one squad a week, I'm happy. Um, but it'll be a lot of fun. And there's swoop bike riders coming out, so. Yeah, it's 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 a plastic avalanche that I have to deal with, but um, I try to do a little bit every week. Uh, but a really funny exchange I had today, and this has been happening because my girlfriend bought me this R two D two R two D two like really nice like metal water bottle. It's like a big thirty ounce. It's like it looks like a thermos basically, like a mini mini thermos. Um, because my old Kylo Ren water bottle was beaten up enough for i was like she's like i'm buying another another water bottle i'm like okay so anyway i'm, I'm i always drag this thing around obviously because i work at the gym and, and then i'm wa- walking around i leave it out um and i go into the sauna 
and I'm sitting there and I'm hearing a guy outside talking about Legos. And I'm thinking like, oh, he's probably talking to the guy because he sees there's an R2-D2 water bottle. And sure enough, he comes inside the sauna and then he's like, is that your water bottle out there? I was like, yep. And he started talking to me about how he has this like life-size, almost life-size like Lego R2-D2 that's like 6,000 pieces. I was like, holy crap, dude. <laughs> Whoa! Crazy. Yeah, I've never 6, even seen anything like pieces? that. Like to purchase, anyways. Yeah, he's like, oh, That's I almost got divorced from my wife because <laughs> she seen how much it was. Almost was caused like, a broken home. Oh my gosh! But it's just funny exchanges like that because it's happened more than once. Like with that water bottle at the gym, it's a nice icebreaker for like the hardcore Star Wars fans. They'll usually talk to me, and I was telling the guy about another guy about celebration in the locker room the other day because he's like, "I want the Galaxy's Edge," and I was like, "Yeah, I went there." So it's a nice little conversation starter because people like the water bottle. Actually, I have it right here. You, you guys probably have seen me with it a few times but it's this one oh, right yeah. here so oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah. it's it's really cool I, I love this thing and it gets me to drink more water because it holds more so i'm just like more like hey i gotta finish this water now it's not a 20 ounce it's a 30 ounce um <laughs> hey there you go there you go i gotta get that gotta get the water in but um yeah so there you go so we're gonna just jump right into it because we only have been for just the first portion of our show tonight, but we are happy that he was able to come on in regardless. So we're going to go through, as the title suggests, we are a little bit over halfway through the year, and we have a lot of Star Wars that is packed into that back half of 2022, including comics, including novels, including um, you know the High Republic Phase 2, as well as a brand new, uh, a couple new series between Andor, the animated Bad Batch Season 2, and then Tales of the Jedi. It's all coming out. This year, I don't know if I missed anything. I think I basically covered most of it, but we're going to kind of go through chronologically here and just give you guys like a brief preview because sometimes it can be a little bit hard to be like, hey, what's coming next? Um, so starting off first, and this is coming out on my birthday next week. I mean, it's Star Wars adjacent, I'll call it that. And that is ILM Light and Magic. Um, I seen, and I think Ben, you also seen a portion of this at Celebration. I was at the panel for oh. this, and it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I was in the satellite room, so I still was able I, to see everything. I was everything. in the satellite room too. Might have been in the same room <laughs> with you. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the um, Tatooine stuns or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. But yeah. So so. Uh, ben, I'll have you tell the people. So, what is this about? What what can we expect uh, there, Ben Hart, with this? Yeah, so I heard it's a six part documentary series. I don't know if they've confirmed they're dropping it all at once on Disney Plus, or this is going to be like, you know, you know, dripped out one per week. Um, but it looks really cool, and it's got, it's I believe, uh, kind of produced, slash directed, slashed kind of uh full forced behind it from uh loris kasdan um and it's got people like ron howard and uh uh just a ton of people that if you've watched any star wars documentaries over the years you know people like phil Tippett and all those guys that were hugely thing and they're going to be featured heavily they were on the panel for this um uh dennis Mirren, all those guys really cool so and this is going to be kind of a you know, there's been other documentaries about ILM, but this is this feels like something that could go even deeper because it's you know dealing that's it's being helmed by Lawrence Kasdan, who of course was there from the beginning. Um, I'm sure there's going to be 
I can't remember from the panel if they got George or not. I, they have to have interviews with George. He freaking found the thing. So, like, <laughs> I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, so, yeah, overall, it looks, looks really cool. And, you know, I... I'm as fascinated with the story of Star Wars as I am with the behind the scenes stuff and how they made Star Wars. So like this is going to be something you watch as soon as it's up. Yeah. What's cool about this is Larry Kasdan is the one that's in charge. And I mean, you can't go more behind the scenes than with the guy that actually worked on some of those movies. Right. So it's not an outsider third party. This guy was a Lucasfilm employee going to and just talking with all the people that he's already got rapport with so i'm expecting us to even get like more stories even though it's been 40 50 years i think we could still get some more stories and even maybe some new footage of things like um they had this funny story about like dropping the refrigerator and then yep. like george lucas pulling up and being like yeah i'm out of here and he drives away <laughs> like yeah i don't know what these are i'm not associating myself with these crazy people over here um so 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 I'm I'm looking forward to that whether it's all out on on, on uh, July 27 next Wednesday or if they dole it out either way I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. Next up literally a week later I believe is we got this Lego Star Wars summer vacation. This could wow. be a lot of fun. I know Ben Maynard you were kind of talking about when they first had the Halloween special or the one that was for Life Day. You were like, yeah. "Oh, they could do like every season." Has a yeah. Lego special, and you're so far. I think you're kind of on the money with that, man. What do you yeah, think this I, uh, one's going to be? A... Yeah, I, I joked around when when uh, when they started announcing these things because I said, "Dang, someone at Lucasfilm must have been listening to our podcast because when they announced the whole uh, holiday special, like you know that September before that, like you know two months before, I was like, "Dang, you know what they should do? They should start releasing these Lego specials for all the seasons, like Halloween, um, you know." spring summer you know the different events like because you can produce them indefinitely and just make you know random stories for you know for whatever story arc you want to do for 30 40 minutes and that's exactly what they're doing so now we have this like basically summer vacation one and uh yeah i'm, I'm really interested to see where they take it just because uh you know it is lego so they can do literally whatever they want um and i just think it'll be a fun you know, fun special like the holiday special was, like the Halloween special was, and so on and so on. Um, so yeah, I think I think it'll be a really fun fun thing to check out. And you know, to me, obviously they're not like you know you're not going to go and rewatch them like The Empire Strikes Back or something. But you know, those specials are a good like one time special to watch. Like you know, when you're in the mood for like a summer Star Wars thing or a Halloween Star Wars thing or whatever it may be. So yeah, I think it'll be a fun watch. Yeah, that's the thing, right? So you can make it. Eventually, we're going to have a Star Wars Lego special for like every season, including <laughs> Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? So yep. it's going to be fun. Like, hey, I'm putting this on now. Like, it's that time of the year. I'm going to make this a tradition. So what about you, Ben? What, have you liked the Halloween version, the, the Life Day special for Lego? Yeah, I've enjoyed all of them. I think they've all been really, really well done. I, I like the the tone and the playfulness that they that they input into it. They're not... They're they're kind of like obviously paying homage to Star Wars. They're kind of dealing with some very real canonical things that Star Wars taking in, you know, in the Halloween special. They had Vinay and, you know, they had old Vader's castle, whatever. But it's this ridiculous thing about them turning in the Vader's castle into some kind of hotel, something like that. Ridiculous <laughs> stuff and very funny. But also with like the Ben Solo stuff, the Ben Solo story, you're like, 
wow, this is actually really interesting. Like I remember watching that and, and like the whole story about uh, Leia being in Luke's place and like doing the trench run. I'm like that. This is like really cool, like a what if story. And so very intrigued by all this. So yeah, I keep. I hope they keep making these. I hope they like every season, every just do all the holiday specials because their sensibility about like, yes, it's funny taking Star Wars a little seriously, but not too seriously, and just doing whatever they want because it's not canon and nobody cares. That's I love it. You oh, got that for right. Sure. Well, yeah. Well, that and I feel like as well. Um, just another thing to add to the Lego thing, real quick. I think they could even. You know, take inspiration from a lot of our real-world holiday special type or seasonal special type movies and shows and things like. You know, you could do a like say a Halloween like instead of Michael Myers, obviously like have Vader like going around doing stuff or whatever. Like you know, right. you could take inspiration from or like the Santa Claus movies. Like you could do something with whoever you know and and so on and so on and like you know take inspiration from those even. Um, potentially so like you know there's there's plenty of options you could do with them heck yeah and uh, probably arguably the biggest release we're going to have this year for the rest of the year is andor the cassian andor series which is going to take place approximately about five years before the events of rogue one so throwing it over to you ben hart what are your expectations for season one of this show we know it's going to be 12 episodes we know they didn't really use a lot of the volume if any and it's more of like a classic movie style production i would assume you know we got the neil scanlon creator of a lot of these movie-esque props which is creating uh things make it look really really cinematic and the trailer look great so what are your what are your expectations for andor man oh man i have a lot of expectations when uh, i keep seeing you know people online going like what who asked for this show and what what will they give an andor show and all this kind of stuff this guy we know where he goes he dies at the end of rogue one and i'm like this show looks spectacular the cinematography is blowing me away and just like the whole aesthetic of it and the idea of taking this character who i think was one of my favorite characters from Rogue One, one of the most interesting characters from Rogue One, and giving him more of a backstory. Um, and also tying this in, and they fully admitted that this is not just his story. It's called Andor, but it is a kind of overarching story about the beginnings of the Rebel Alliance and Mon Mothma's story and all this kind of stuff. And that's like, inject it right into my veins now, okay? I need this. <laughs> and... So I have a lot of expectations. I, obviously, I don't have like really specific. I think the trailers have done a good job of being very vague. I think I know where kind of it's going. It seems to be we're going to be seeing the beginnings of Cassian since he started fighting since he was six years old and maybe some of his family and uh, maybe stuff's going to go down. It's not going to be pretty and probably going to be very sad, but some very interesting things in the show i think it's one of the things i'm most anticipating going into the going into the late summer early fall oh yeah i mean first off that argument of do we really need this i mean do we really need any star wars when, when people come at us with that kind of dialogue right it's like you don't because, really need any story because people were sitting around in 1976 and were like hey guys you know what we really need we need something called star wars and we need a space opera called Star Wars. That's what we need. People were asking for it back then. I just know they were. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see Coruscant. I'm excited to see 
what is going on with the Imperial Senate. Because we've never really seen the Imperial Senate. I think some of the Bad Batch footage we've seen is also involving the Imperial Senate to some degree. But yeah. Ben Mater, I mean, me and you have been chatting about, hey, where the heck has Coruscant been in, in Disney Star Wars besides the little glimpse in Rogue One? So where do you stand with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like when it comes to Coruscant, you know, that's that's definitely a point I feel like all Star Wars fans are interested in. Like, you know, we didn't really get it in Kenobi. We haven't really gotten it too much, you know, otherwise in in like live action and stuff. So other than a few glimpses here and there. So it's like, you know, we we want to see more of that, I would say, especially due to the fact, you know, the emperor's presence there and just how like things are getting ran, like the government's getting ran. Um, you know, so that's like a big expectation of mine, just to, just to see how things are going, like just overall for the government, the flow of it, obviously like the buildup of the rebels, like on screen, like, you know, are we going to have Mon Mothma and Cassian almost getting caught, like doing a rebel operation or something? I'm sure they'll probably get almost caught several times actually through the whole series. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward for the, those type of things. And another thing, like not specifically on screen, but I'm interested to see with it being 12 episodes, how the storytelling is going to be compared to Kenobi or Mando being six or eight episodes. So it's going to be interesting to see the story maybe fleshed out a little better for each character, you know, give them more time to breathe, maybe some more of the villains, etc. And hoping like fingers crossed, like I hope the run times are you know, at least 30 to 40 minutes, like versus, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want us to get in there and every episode be like a Clone Wars episode and be like 22 minutes long. And and I'm like, Oh man, like that, that's the only thing that makes me a little weary with it being 12 episodes. It's like, did you stretch a three and a half hour, four hour timeframe out (laughs) over 12 weeks? So, so that, that's going to be the biggest interesting um, thing, but, but yeah, I'm really excited for the show. And as, as um, you mentioned, Ben, like just the cinematography for the show um, is really drawing me in compared to what we saw with Kenobi even because of, you know, you're actually getting, I feel like much better cinematography than you were with that show because, you know, that was strictly basically shot in the volume compared to this. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, all eyes will be watching Andor when it releases the first two. I love that first two episodes on August 31st, also out in August. I forgot to put this one before this one. We have a new novel from Del Rey adult novel this is star wars the princess and the scoundrel this is that beautiful cover uh i love that cover it's probably the best star wars cover i've seen this year of it's all about the wedding between leia and han solo they're on endor um but it also involves a lot of stuff aboard the house sound which is the galactic star cruiser and then a, a brand new snowy crystal planet uh, so this is going to be pretty cool. I think a lot of people are looking forward to this one because this is almost like the canonical take on the courtship of Princess Leia, which is a renowned Legends book that everybody loves so much. So this one's being written right. by Beth Revis. And uh, I don't know if you read that original uh, Legends book, Ben, or how far you've de- delved into it, uh, Ben Hart. Um, Which uh, is it the... Yeah, I I'm not uh, Princess Leia. Yeah. No, I've not read that one. Which is yeah, I I'm not uh I'm not as up to speed on legends as I'd like to Me be. Either. I've, I've read I've read quite a few in recent years, but I'm still kind of uh that one's kind of things, but now I'm like, okay, well, I got to read this one. Maybe I need to read the old one now to get a get a <laughs> full spectrum of uh of the story. <laughs> okay, I mean, the, it's 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 worth a read, I would say. Um 
but you know it's just it's just a matter of like you know judging your like time versus like you know do i want to read the the legends version or the canon version and uh figure it out but you know i feel like the good thing with this version is like hey you know like you mentioned chris it's gonna like they're adapting kind of adapting that other version to canon which is nice like they at least the general storyline um so that'll be that'll be cool to see where they take it and uh i'm looking forward to hearing more about it really sure thing i'm, I'm really looking forward to getting ben hart um his ben hart's thoughts on the bad batch and there was like i i guess it's still coming out september because on disney plus at one point they had it in the banner it said september something and yet like 28 yes like starwars.com never put out an article or anything about it i even looked today on like the bad batch page and the, the date was gone so i'm hoping it's still sticking in into september um but ben hart i what did you think about season one of, of bad batch and kind of the same question i asked about Andor, when it comes to the, what are your expectations, what are you hoping to see, things, storylines, characters you want to see, you know, followed on and, and elaborated on. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed season one of Bad Batch. I still say that I think that it was it's one of the strongest seasons of, especially first seasons of Star Wars TV that we've gotten so far, especially in animation. Um, and it just really, I think it did very very well in establishing those characters, made me care about them. I mm -hmm. was I was one of the people going like the bad batch. Why are you giving those guys a show? <laughs> like, why is this happening? Like, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just wondering why. And the show completely justified itself. And part of that was Omega and just deepening those characters that that we we barely knew back in the bad batch or in Clone Wars. And uh, then moving forward, uh, you know, in season two, ooh. There's like, uh, you know, managed to get into to get into that panel for Bad Batch. And uh, it was so good to see. I, I think uh, I don't know what everyone actually is seeing because I know there was two different trailers. They were yep. completely different, like, but a lot of the same footage was in there. I know Commander Cody's in there. I'm very much looking forward to hearing what he's doing. Uh, Palpatine's in there. I did not expect that. Um, a lot of stuff happening that I, I wasn't expecting, but uh you know, I think just getting more of these characters and seeing where they go, especially in relation to Crosshair and his story and, you know, where that goes and this further strengthening of the Empire. I think that's what I took away the most from Bad Bad Season 1 is like it's the like the bare bones ground zero starting up of the Empire that was really interesting and fascinating. Yeah, I'll bounce off that is I was always very fascinated to understand like how the clone troopers morphed into the stormtroopers and what the reasoning was. And I think season one, one of the biggest messages I took away from that is, you know, Admiral Rampart and his desire to get conscripts because they wouldn't have to pay as much money to the cloners on Camino. And then literally seeing Camino Topoka City just get decimated by uh, a vendor class star destroyer or whatever. That was like the symbolism of, hey, this is the new empire now. Season two, we got no more clones. This is what we're dealing with. So, Ben Maynard, what are your thoughts on, on season two of Bad Batch? Um, I will have to go to the dark side on this one. I definitely was not a big fan of the first season at all. Um, just just for me, I feel like out of the 16 episodes, um, I think I feel like there was only like six or seven maybe good ones. Um, so for me, I hope we don't have as many, I would say, filler episodes, or even if you're going to have, like, say, slower pace or not not as impactful stories, I hope they're 
managed a little better in terms of where they're placed in the timeline. Like, like the big example I always go back to, and you know, Chris laughed at me about it last week or the week prior, was um, was uh, we had uh, so so you know the titles for the episodes, like the final five episodes leaked or whatever, and you know it was like the fourteenth episode, it was like titled Infested. So I was like, oh, is this going to be like maybe their chips are like malfunctioning or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're infested. Like, you know what I mean? So like so that that whole deal. Well, one of my buddies, he was like, man, I'm telling you the way the show's going right now, I guarantee it's going to be like either Genos and bugs or some type of creatures or something. And I'm like, there's no way they do that in the 14th episode. And here's me sitting watching at three o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, five minutes in. And Sid's like. And Sid's like, um, there's creatures, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, oh, man, they're going with bugs. So, like, I just hope they improve. Like, if you're going to do a bug episode, like, like I'm not totally anti-bug episode, but just move it for or earlier in this season. Like, so I just hope the overall story is managed a little better than what it was. But I think there's a lot of positive um, parts that you can work with. Like, obviously, the Bad Batch's chemistry. Omega was my favorite character from the series, so I'm excited to see where she goes you have the obviously the overhanging like little tidbits hinted at with boba's relation with her um and then where the season ended off with the whole montana stuff so like you know there's a lot of um, potential really good story points that we're going to be heading toward with this new season is he muted Chris, you're muted. Oh, yeah, I am muted. Okay. Yeah, tip was, of the iceberg storytelling. I, I, I was like, I was like, wait a second. I don't know. I don't know if I'm like muted or I'm not. Is it just me or yeah. can I not hear anything? Oh, jeez. That's why I was looking at both of you. I was like, wait, am I frozen? I was staring at your guys' <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that Mount Tanta stuff. Everything with that is super intriguing if it's going to interface with the Mandalorian and everything that's going on with. Uh, just Omega and, and, and Boba Fett. I feel like that's got to come eventually. We got to get uh, Daniel Logan to voice Boba Fett, right? That'd be pretty cool. Brother and sister have to meet, do they not? Seriously. Well, Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast tonight. Um, you know, we had so much fun just breaking down um, everything that's coming out for the rest of the year. And uh, once again, just, you know, share everybody uh, where they can find you. And uh, again, what, where you work at, what, what you're up to. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you so much, guys, for mm -hmm. having me. I apologize. I couldn't stay on longer with you. This has been uh, a joy to come on. I hope I can do it again uh, sometime soon. But uh, yeah, uh, you can follow uh, at the SW for the Star Wars Underworld. You can follow at Culture Slate for Culture Slate. You can follow at IPC Podcast. Something else I forgot to mention is, is my other podcast that I do. Me and you... Chris, we've done episodes of IPC before <laughs> together. How could I forget? Um, yeah, we're, we've got stuff going on there. And then at Ben Hart with no E. I have too many plugs. Um, <laughs> it's too much. But uh, yeah, this was this was fun. Um, yeah, for, for if you want, follow me over there. And uh, yeah, it's gonna it's we've got a lot to look forward to, guys. A lot to look forward to. Just just in the next few months, there's so much. It's ridiculous. Um, also, Star Wars. Um, uh, uh, Tales of the Jedi is like peak. I, I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I'm looking so much forward to that. So, uh, oh, man. with with that, I will say good day and good night and all that jazz. And thank you guys so much for having me. 
Oh, it's been our pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on. Have a great night. Later. All right. So jumping off of Tales of the Jedi, let's let's go there because we don't have a specific uh, release date for that um, that I know of right now. Um, But I did see footage. And from what I've seen at Celebration, it was something that I think fans are going to be really, really happy with because there's an Ahsoka episode that really just was awesome it's just the uh, you know her as a baby and just like her attunement to the force and how she basically gets found out by the jedi the, um the battlefront girl is the one who's doing her was voicing her mom correct yeah i versio yep yep okay i thought i thought i saw the yeah, i'm i'm really excited for that episode um i'm i'm like the whole like the whole tales of the jedi list that they came out with the uh the count dooku stuff with qui-gon like all that, I think it's going to be so good, um, and the fact that Filoni's involved makes it even better. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for Tales of the Jedi. Like, as soon as I sent my my uh, my younger cousin, he's like a big fan of like that era, the Clone Wars, all that stuff, and I sent him that, and he was so excited just because you know that time that time period that it's working in. So I'm I'm super excited to be watching that when it comes out, and yeah, I think. Um, I think when they posted about it, it just said like fall or something like fall 2022. So, yeah. you know, that could be any time basically up until the end of November, whatever, I guess early December, technically. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, I feel like we got a while before we get to that. Cause I think they're going to let bad batch come first. If that, oh, yeah. if that does. Come first. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's going to have to come first. What's cool about it is that Dave Filoni, um, Dave Filoni was the one that was actually wrote and directed those episodes for for this on his plane rides to and from Lucasfilm. He is doing that. So that 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 to me is is pretty cool how like he is so hand in hand with this series like it means a lot to him. Obviously Ahsoka, he doesn't really let a lot of people play around with Ahsoka. Um so so there you go. You know, it's well, this that's... is something yeah, that's a, that's another thing for aspiring creators out there. Think about that, like how great of a job that would be like your job. Oh, when you're when you're traveling, you can just write down show ideas and eventually get it produced like that's it's crazy. Like Dave's gotten to that point in his career where he can just do that and, you know, be like, hey, this is the show I want to make. And they're basically like, sounds good. Do it like that's that's awesome. Like seeing Dave be able to do that. Yeah, he's got that much credibility, that much you know, just he he could do anything he asks for basically at this point. Oh yeah, it's um, but I, I I'm I'm very excited for Count Dooku showing up in that. I think that's gonna be awesome. Seeing anything like pre Phantom Menace is just exciting because, well, actually, this might be our first um, pre Phantom Menace like on screen content ever. I mean, the High Republic is the only thing that really takes place before that, and, and we don't have that content out yet. It's coming with the Acolyte, which we'll get to in a couple minutes here. But we didn't, uh, yeah, we didn't have any flashbacks or anything in Clone Wars that I can think of, like prior to Phantom Menace, even. Like, yeah, I so, think this is the first on-screen pre-Phantom Menace content. Good, good uh, call there. Yeah, um, something else that's coming out that's pre-Phantom Menace. I just mentioned. It's the High Republic Phase 2. In the High Republic Phase 2, I, I wish I could have pulled up all the books and comics and everything, but there is, literally, I said before, an avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts in the first week of October. We're going to get a uh, middle grade novel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pull it up as I mention it. 
Uh, we also have a bunch of new um, authors that are joining the team, like another four over the five they already have. Uh, the High Republic Phase 2 Wave. Yeah, so I know you haven't delved too much into uh, the High Republic. I, I, know, I know you must have watched a few of my videos, Ben, at this point. Yep. But, like, I what are you hoping to see? Because it's going to go back even before Phase 1. It's going to go back, uh, this will be about 450 years or so before the events of uh, the Phantom Menace. Or, no, 350, something like that. Well, I think, I think a lot of these stories, you know, they're obviously laying the foundation for this entire, like, era, basically. But it's obviously, to me, um, I feel like I, the, the things that stuck out to me, like, you know, I've watched your videos. I've listened to um, uh, our other guest, Matthew, that was on here a few weeks ago. I listened to some of his, like, higher public, like, spoiler stuff, just, like, catching up on some of it, you know. Um, and, like, to me, some of the, the best parts, I feel like, of the higher public is just the, like, barren feel to it. Like, you know, like, everything's... It, it's not like how it is in the fan in the prequel era. Like everything's not like all controlled, like purely by the government. Like it's like not all populated. Like the outer rim is like, you know, unexplored territories, like that sort of thing. So I feel like those type of aspects are really cool. And then just the fact they have a lot of storytelling potential just because they're so far away from the prequel era, you don't have to worry as much about messing up any characters or like, you know, we, I mean, we saw it with Kenobi. Look, like, I mean, we love some of the stuff in Kenobi, and then some of it we were like, oh man, we wish Kenobi would have been more like himself maybe earlier in the show or something. Like, we don't have to deal with issues like that because these are totally new characters. So, you know, we don't have like preconceived notions on like how they should be or whatever. It's so, like, I like the fact that they're breaking new territory like that. I mean, obviously, other than Yoda and a few other like handful of characters here and there, but, um, but I feel like that's a great part of it. And then I really think the way things are going, honestly, they're, I mean, this is like two year out prediction probably, but I feel like a lot of this higher public stuff, they're like building it, building it, building it, building it. And I think Taiga Watiti's movie is going to be the thing that's like tying into, I think his movie is going to be like the beginning, beginning, like, before all the higher public stuff kind of tying into it or potentially leading up into it. Um, so like, I'm thinking that's where they might end up going with it. And then of course it'll, it um, like the Acolyte show will eventually probably, it, it'll be having like strings attached to the higher public era as well, just for the time period it's set in. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where they're connecting the, uh, the books, the comics with, the the on-screen presence of like the movie shows and then even if we get a video game for the higher public i feel like that's another opportunity star wars has right now so say like the people that don't read the books as like like as much so like for example like me like i said i haven't kept up with all the books in terms of, like the higher public stuff but maybe give me like a fallen order style higher public video game boom like that would help like you know that would help pique more of interest like for a more people like that so i think um there's a lot of opportunities with it that i'm most excited about like that that the higher public basically brings to the table oh yeah well first off we are getting that higher public game um made by quantic dream developers of uh beyond oh, yeah. uh, or detroit to human that. star wars eclipse yes yeah, so that's gonna be coming yep. out i forgot about that that's mm -hmm. true. 
yeah, there's a lot of games in development. So we have that, but um, yeah, the thing with, with the uh, High Republic is it's going to be in that frontier period. Phase 2 is all about 150 years before Phase 1, and it's going to be all about just discovering what's out there in the, in the Outer Rim. Which is funny, because I thought that's what Phase 1 was going to be about. And Phase 1 is more like, okay, they've already established themselves in the Outer Rim. They have these outposts. Now, Phase 2 is going to be about how they got those outposts. So I think there's going to be even more chaos, because you're going to have these, you know, species that are brand new that they haven't really, you know, encountered yet. So that is going to cause some havoc and some strife, of course. So, yeah, that could be, could be something very unique. Something very unique. Um, I did pull up the list of, of the books and everything that is coming out. So um, October 4th starts starts it all off. And we have the High Republic Path of Deceit. I think the following day is when we get the High Republic issue number one by Kevin Scott once again. Um, then we also have, I think in October, we have the High Republic. Uh, well, actually, I can look it up because I have it in the show notes um, for some of the stuff they already announced today. Let's see, The High Republic Adventures by D uh, Daniel Hayes Older. I think that comes out in October. Then you have The Nameless Terror, which is a five-issue miniseries from George Mann. Then you have Quest of the Jedi by Claudia Gray. Those are all Dark Horse comics. And then you have another Marvel comic, which is... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull these from my brain. It's, it's getting difficult because there's so much of this stuff. It's like crazy. Just me saying this is like, oh man, my wallet's going to take a beating in October. <laughs> But we also have the Blade of Bardota, or whatever, the Blade, I think it's just called, which is literally um, that character that is just renowned for just being an awesome, badass warrior, Porter Engel. So we get that. And then we also have November 1st. We have the next book, which is a younger reader novel. That's called The High Republic Quest for the Hidden City. That's by George Mann. And then you also have, uh, where's the other one? The High Republic Convergence, which is written by Zoraida Cordova. That is the full-fledged Del Rey novel. That's out on November 15th. So that's basically wave one of phase two of the High Republic. So we got a lot of content coming our way for that. On top of the Star Wars insider stories, apparently we're getting more of those. So yeah, High Republic, man. High Republic is uh, not slowing down. It's in fact speeding up, I'll say that. And, and like I said, there's even more writers on board so they can get even more content out. Um... I do want to welcome the chat. We have Aaron and we have Red 5 reviews in the chat. So if you guys want to be a part of the chat, you can every week. We go live around 9 o'clock Eastern. And we always welcome your discussion and your comments as long as they're respectful down below. And if you want to listen to us on the go, we're also available on all podcast platforms. I usually put the episodes up for Monday mornings for your commute and your workouts at the gym or wherever else you like to do when you're doing some monotonous and you need a podcast to listen to. At least that's what I do. Um, so there you go. Two different forms, audio or video for your, um, you know, consuming needs and whatnot. All right. So let's move on to what I think is really the last thing that I can think of, unless you have anything else you want to mention, Ben. And that is, um, what is it called? Uh, D23. Well, it's not D23, but we'll get to that very soon. It is the comics. The Marvel comics, they've been building and building and building from War of the Bounty Hunters into Crimson Reign, and then as was teased at the end of Crimson Reign, The Hidden Empire, which is the Kira story, basically, if you want to call it that. Um, so we have that coming along. Um, I was hoping to hear something about it at San Diego Comic-Con, 
We got solicits for October. They're not on there. It looks like they put up a couple of the covers for November, unless they're just omitting the um, the Hidden Empire, which is strange because in the back of Crimson Rain number five, when they mentioned it, it said October. And comics industry is in a flux, as it kind of is a lot of the time. So a lot of the dates they put in these books are off by several weeks. So I'm hoping that this thing gets out it get gets to us by November slash December. And we have no we have no information about it. I'm going off a of pure uh, speculation and pure prediction at this point, but I'm hoping that this kind of brings together the culmination, if you will, of like the Empire Strikes Back era of Star Wars. And then for the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi next year, that's when we start bridging into that content, or at least surpassing that content post Return of the Jedi. So, Ben, I know you've been following along quite closely, at least with some of my content and whatever else is out there. But uh, what do you hope to see from uh, the Hidden Empire, you know, with Crimson Rain, with Crimson Dawn, like hiding in the shadows with the Empire hunting them down now with Kira? Do you think Kira can make it out alive is what I'm asking you? See, that's a that's a really tough one, because on one hand, you could see her making it out alive or them just kind of like bending the story writers and saying, hey, we need to keep her alive just in case we want to use her during like the Mandoverse era. Um, so, like, there is a possibility for that, um, you know, just because of the whole thing of keeping her alive. I think, okay, if I put it this way, I would say the only way she stays alive. Um, we got Aaron Daly chiming in. She's like, hoping we get some Marvel and Star Wars uh, panels at NYCC since the lack of big names last year. Yeah, I think we're going to get a big Disney Plus panel at, at New York Comic Con. Like, I think there will be enough time in between... D20, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, if D23 wasn't this year, I could see them going to NYCC. But the problem is they're going to be going to San Diego. Then they're going to be going like a month later to D23. And then another month later in New York. I don't know what they would have to show New York. They could always save yeah. something. But I feel like there's just nothing at that point that they could talk about, really. Oh, yeah. I think, I think honestly, at this point, they're just going to be saving everything for um, D23. Just because... You know, it's the whole, I mean, I think Marvel's going to do that, too. I really don't think, you know, just the way people are talking, like, you know, it's like lower your expectations for tomorrow for Marvel. Like, I just, I think Disney is really looking at D23. Like, you know, it's the whole thing of why would we market, why would we market at, like, say, San Diego Comic-Con, like, go big on Marvel or go big on Star Wars at San Diego or New York, like, versus just doing it at our own event. So, um I think both of the franchises are going to wait for D23. And, uh, you know, as you alluded to earlier, Chris, like, I think with Star Wars, you know, we obviously can't have an Andor trailer because it'll be out by then. I didn't even think about that when we were discussing it this week. And then, you know, we could get a Bad Batch trailer, uh, maybe a Tales of the Jedi trailer since that's coming out this fall. Oh, that never and, came out officially either. They could put that out. They yeah. could put Mando Season 3 trailer. Yep. There could be a lot of trailers that yep. day. Well, the, yeah, the Mando Season 3 trailer. And that's another thing, too, with the Mando Season 3 trailer that you refuse to watch. But, uh, like, David, there's actually two versions of it already actually out online. So at Celebration, they apparently showed two versions because there was the first initial version. And then there was a longer trailer um, where, you have, when you're, where you have some really interesting lines being said by characters. For sure, like, people are going to be excited about 
So, you know, you have those trailers you could potentially release. And, uh, yeah, I think I think that'll be the main thing that probably gets showed at D23 is the uh, Mandalorian Season 3 um, trailer just because it's like, what's next after Andor? Like, the only thing is Mando in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think what could happen is I think D23, a lot of times they don't talk about the cinematic side of things. So I could even see it as a possibility that Taika Waititi might show up there for a day just to announce what he actually is working on because I think he's a lot further on to what he says. And from what we got the reports of, they're going to be starting early shooting next early next year, which means the script has got to be pretty much at a point where they are pretty confident to know what the hell it's about at this point, right? Because if they're going to be shooting in a couple of months, that means they have to already start like the sets, construction, and stuff like that. So I think he's a lot further on. They're a lot further on with that project than we think. And I would at least like them to like show us like a splash page of like the title, just like they did with Skeleton Crew. Just get up there. He here's the here's the writer. Here's the director. Maybe here's the lead actor. Here's the title, and we'll talk more at Celebration in April or something like that. That's all they need. That would make a lot of people happy, I think. Oh, yeah. I think I think that would make a lot of people happy because really there's not another chance until Celebration to yeah. talk about that movie. So, you know, that's, exactly. basically a, that's basically a year away or whatever you said earlier, like nine or ten months away. So, oh. you know, it's just it's just maybe maybe they give us some a tidbit. Like you said, maybe it's the title. May, hey, there you go. Maybe it's the title at D23. And then we go on to the cell at celebration. Maybe it's the first look at it, a 20 second teaser trailer. Or I something. think so. They, if they were filming in December, they would have enough footage to at least give us a little something, even if it's behind the scenes, something like that. Yeah, sizzle reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities with D23, and I think it just comes down to Disney wanting to make their event big um that's where i think the big uh like i said the big marvel stuff is probably going to be especially with some of the interesting leaks around about potential marvel trademarks out there like there's all kinds of different things floating around d23 potentially so it's just just a matter of time because that's i think it's september 9th weekend is when that's coming mm-hmm yeah yeah yeah, so uh, talking about San Diego Comic-Con, uh, what they have going on for Lucasfilm is I've seen a lot of cool po- pictures on social media. They have Lucasfilm Pavilion, which is basically a little uh, ad hoc uh, exhibition ex- exhibit of just different costumes from the various uh, ongoing Star Wars series and whatnot. They have uh, Boba Fett's armor. They have Mandalorian. They have Obi-Wan, Darth Vader. They have uh, Andor. They have Mon Mothma. They have his new little droid named Emo. 